We are something else. The next episode. Episode 40. Wow. 40. Should be more mature at episode 40, but I don't know. I don't know. Then we wouldn't be ourselves. Nah. CB, what's up, brother? Hey, man. It's another week, and we're actually... Back at it. We're actually back in here. Right, we get into a good rhythm here. Yeah. Superfly was good. Ain't nothing, man. Just, you know, back off vacation, feeling good. Yeah, we uh, we, we missed last week. Girl, how was vacation? I was good. It was good. Time to spend with the family, good friends. Um, uh, a good friend friends. of mine has, yeah, has three daughters. I had three daughters, so they all got along. Mm-hmm. It was, it was awesome. Nice. Yeah. That's all. Oh, that's PJ. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Wow. It's crazy. Both got three daughters. That's. Hey man. <laughs> hey, look, we, we won't even get into it. We you won't know, get into exactly. it. <laughs> that was like episode <laughs> two or three. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. Um, got special guests in the house tonight. From, uh, he's no stranger to the show. What's up? What's up? Mr. Hollis Worldwide. What's, good? what's, what's good, brother? I'm just uh, coming off the surgery recovery. I um, got the bionic arm now. Yeah, I, 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 asked, I asked the doc, can he give me the Winter Soldier arm? But he's like, we, we can't. I mean, you're not <laughs> riding too far <laughs> So uh, what happened to your arm? Uh, I mean, it was it's an athletic injury. The surgeon said it was overuse, um, combination of working out and lifting heavy things. Uh one action we missed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was <laughs> but one action movement. It was bound to pop. I mean, he said no. He joked and said like, kind of like Kevin Durant, how he made that plant and it was that was it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a full rupture. So did so, it actually rupture? They got you before it did. It was a full rupture. The bicep rupture, tendons, ligaments snapped off, and pretty much he said it just everything blew apart. How big you say she was? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so, were you, were you actually in the gym when it happened? <laughs> no, nah, actually, I did the workout the day before. Oh, so it was um, just weak. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, it was in prep. prep it, it was in that stage of like, okay, one heavy pull and movement, mm-hmm. and that's it. Stuff like that. I would have, 
I, I don't know. In our in our conversations, I probably would have had to not lifting things for a good two three weeks yeah. for my body just to be on like good and chill level. But mm-hmm. uh, that was the best uh, comparison he said. He says like he said like Kevin Durant. You know, once he mm-hmm. made that step and it just popped, everybody who has a ruptured Achilles, you know, they constantly running and jumping. Mm-hmm. He said, you have an athletic injury. Yeah. It's bound to happen. Wow. wow. What's uh, your recovery time looking like? Four months. Well, how far are you into it now? Three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got a long way to go. I think the, yeah. uh, the toughest part to hear was uh, you're left-handed and oh, it's yeah, your yeah. left arm. And it's my left arm. So everything. Nah, dang, bro. Everything is a challenge. I didn't have anybody stop past the house to help me out one day cooking. I was Damn, hungry. Man, we suck. <laughs> we suck. I didn't even know I'm to. Sorry, man. I'm wow. sorry, Jeff. I was struggling. One day I was like, man, I'm going to make my own food. I ain't waiting on nobody. So I, I attempted to make an omelet. That, was, that wasn't smart at all. I'm left-handed. Um, the flip game wasn't good with the right arm. Uh, then I tried the spatula, and it's all sliding over the – over the pain and yeah. it was just it was terrible man. i'm imagining myself doing that with my left hand since i'm right-handed man it would be a, it would be a disaster like it would be an absolute tying your disaster shoes is a chore it's, it's hard like everything takes three or four times my time of a normal person right tying my shoes um everything you can think of doing putting on socks like yo <sighs> well when i was at bed bath they had that like sock thing that you can it's like the um Mechanical thing, you just it stretches your socks out and you stick oh, your foot in. Oh, I, it's I, like, mean, I, mean, I didn't know. They got little know. guys, you know, they make it for old people, but I mean, in this case, you can't do it. Yeah. Wow. I'm, so, I'm like, the basic everyday routine is Every, everything you could think of, anything used in the bathroom, uh, showering. Yeah, I would kind of imagine that. I, like, everything. That. Like, I can't take wiping this. Your ass with the opposite hand. Yeah, yeah it, dude. Yeah. Man, just, just have to go life. straight to a bidet. Exactly. <laughs> just I, get in the shower. Yo, I was like, I wish I had one now. <laughs> like, yo, I, I, I got to sell this house. I got to buy a whole new house. Yeah, man. Right. I need that break, bathroom. Break into some in rich there. guy's house. And like, <laughs> he's like, what are you doing here? Like, oh, I just need your bidet, <laughs> sir. <laughs> I can't wipe. I can't wipe. Oh, Tears man. streaming down your face. You know. Star buddies. Star buddies. <laughs> We need to talk about that. <laughs> oh, That's a perfect example. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. I mean, it it's is. it's a blessing in disguise. You learn a lot, and you learn how to do things with your right hand. Um, mm-hmm. Three weeks in now, I'm getting stronger doing things with my right hand. So. Well, that, that, it's going to make you better anyway. And a good mm-hmm. thing when I'm like school, you have to force yourself to write with a pen or anything. I mean, everything's digital now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hell, you got voice text. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Oh, but my text game with my right hand got nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that thumb kind of, that thumb be working, man. Boom, 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 nice. boom, boom. Yeah, wow. so he's gonna get the cast off. The left arm's gonna be all small, but his right thumb's gonna be jacked. <laughs> so when it to go on real quick, a little bit of detail. So when it it happened, did it just just feel your your you said it was bicep. Yeah, it was did, the bicep. Did you see it? Just, did you feel it just drop? Or? It it, uh, it was. It's the feeling like I. It's hard to describe. But the first thing when it popped, um, it's like the world freezes. The world stopped. Everything stopped. Like pin drop. Like pin drop quiet. Um, I felt like hot. And I felt like I was a hundred degrees. Like I had an instant fever. I can imagine. Then this. I wanted to faint, and I felt like I was gonna throw up. <laughs> so all in within three seconds, God, the oh. pop. It's like you feel uh, it's 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 exactly like a rubber band popping, mm. but it's your muscle. 
So he said the ligaments and tendons all ripped off and ruptured and broke apart. At the same time? At the same time. God dang. So afterwards, I did feel the bicep like it was just hanging, dangling, just Ooh. dangling. Um, it was it was like I'm looking around, and I'm actually with some friends at the time. I'm looking around, and I excuse myself to the bathroom. I'm like, I, I'll, be, I'll be right. I didn't tell anybody because yeah. I, I, you're kind of like you're just freaking out. You're like, yeah. yo, what happened? What happened? What and was that? People looking at it like, yo, you good? Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, I, I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went to the bathroom. I couldn't move my arm. It felt like it was paralyzed. Um, I couldn't move three of my fingers. Um, it was a pinky finger and mm-hmm. all everything above that. I tried to take my shirt off because I need to see. I had a button up on. I was like, I need to yeah. see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't get my shirt back on. I'm like, I can't roll it up this drain. Just yo, you took your shirt off, dude. What's going on, man? Like, what's up? So, I was in the bathroom like for 25 minutes, probably 20, 30 minutes. Once I got my shirt on, everybody's like, yo, you get. First thing was, yo, you must have took a mean dump, man. <laughs> and I, I was right. like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. And still ain't you ain't go to the ambulance or anything. Nah, I just, I, I would just, you're like, what happened to me? And the first thing is, I've been in the ER room before. You don't go to the ER unless you're like. You're bleeding out. You need stitches. You're on fire or something like that. Like, you don't go to... Because you'll be sitting in the ER for five, seven hours mm-hmm. before you're seen. Yeah. And stuff like that. So, I never had a rupture before. I was like, maybe I strained something. I was like, mm-hmm. this, maybe this was a, a, a crazy strain or whatever. Um, And I started thinking about, like, when Kobe ruptured his Achilles. Mm-hmm. When everybody described, they said it just felt like a pop. Yeah. And it felt like somebody punched the back of their ankle or whatever. Yeah. This was a pain and it just was... It felt like my bicep exploded. Oof. So I didn't know what was going on. Ugh. I was like, uh, yeah, we got the, we got the, it's a full race. Keep it, it looks like it, a mechanical like you ain't got to go all, you ain't yeah, got to I, I won't take the brace off. Of no, that, no, 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 no. I won't no. take the sleeve off my bad, the sling, but um, it was just, I was nervous and I, I know I was like, you know what? You know how like when you get tough, you're like, man, you know, I'm going to go to sleep. I was like, you know, I just, it'll be good in a couple of days. Yeah. And I went on and I couldn't move my arm and I was Put like, all right, this is, this is, this is serious. But I was like, maybe this is a severe sprain. I think like, this might be a severe strain or sprain or something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it should be good in a week. Then a week and a half go by and I'm like, yo, like, this I can't, not... I can't, yeah. And my, my biceps just dangling. Um, It was bruising. It was then like a week later, bruising yeah. was in my forearm. Like it wasn't even at the bicep, yeah. the bruising was in the forearm area. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's where they had to actually reconnect the bicep to the tendons in the forearm. Mm-hmm. So um I didn't know how everything was interconnected. Yeah. And a week and a half later, I was like, all right, this isn't good. Had to get an MRI. The first appointment was like a a couple of days later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still going to work at this point. I'm yeah. at work with God. a full ruptured bicep. Yeah. Can't Bad. move if my you arm. Get employee of the month. <laughs> so yeah, I ain't miss any days of work. I'm, I'm going to work and everything. And uh I, I did. I missed the first MRI appointment because I couldn't get scheduled off of work. And after a while, I was like, I said, boss, I got, I have to go. Like, yeah. I have to get this next appointment. So got my MRI scheduled, um, which was four weeks out mm-hmm. after the rupture. Um, the results came back the next day. I got a call. They're like, you have to go to surgery this week. Ooh. Either tomorrow or Friday. And I was like, wait, what? Well, he's like, so he broke it down how bad it was. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, if you don't get surgery by Thursday or Friday, and my grandfather's funeral's on Friday. So at that point, I'm like, I'm not missing my grandfather's funeral. They right. said, well, you need to come in tomorrow. Yeah. Um, the good thing is the best surgeon for sports um, medicine um, injuries is in, uh, he's open on Thursday. He's in the area. We can get you, um, we can get you clocked in with him, get you in Thursday. Mm-hmm. And this is on Wednesday. Yeah. So they said, so you're going to have to go get your blood work done. We have to get this, but I get those yeah. results. 
because you know you need the anesthesiologists need that and this and that and whatever. And I'm like, yo, I'm like, I'm like, so this is all just out of nowhere. And I'm like, so can I go to my grandfather's funeral on Friday? Yeah, because you know, also outside the injury, I'm stressing over the loss of grand, you know, granddad, or whatever mm-hmm. stuff. And um, so they're like, you know, you should be able to make it. You might be super drugged up. Like you probably won't know where you're at because you're gonna be off the. Of all the anesthesia will administer, mm-hmm. plus the pain blockers, plus oxy and this and that. So mm-hmm. um, they're like, you're not going to know what's going on. I was like, as long as I can make it. Yeah. So had my surgery. It was it was a trippy experience. Um, everything was abrupt. All I could say is I, I was in that room looking at uh, scalpels and clamps that hold stuff open, this and that. And they have my arm, they have my body strapped in. Uh, ankle strapped down, arm extended out, like markers on my arm. I'm looking, and I see that tray, and I'm like, "Yo!" In my head, I'm like, "Let's just cancel surgery. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm good." Yeah. Because he explained we're gonna have to reattach the bicep, mm-hmm. and he pointed we're on the forearm. I'm like, "So you're detaching all the way up in the middle of my bicep, way down my forearm?" He said, "Yeah, we had to go all the way down there. That's where everything ruptured. Like you have a complete that. rupture." So that's when I'm like, "Nah, I'm like, I, I don't want to do this." <laughs> and when I said that. The um the lady, the anesthesiologist came by. She said, "Hi, I'm a uh, Karen. I'm your anesthesiologist." Next thing I woke up and I was in a recovery break. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, "Yo, wow. I'm, I'm, wa- <laughs> I'm waking up like, where am I? Yeah. I'm looking around like, yo, am I? You know, my my home girls with me at the time. She them they didn't. They was gonna bring her in when uh, I woke up. So I'm waking up. I'm alone in a room. I'm confused. I'm like, yo, and I'm really. I didn't know. It took me a little while to really figure out like, yo, what was going on. And then I realized I had surgery. So I looked at my arm, but I had a, I had a cast on. I'm mm-hmm. real sluggish. Yeah. Um, they had a heart monitor connected. I remember a nurse came in, kept telling me to breathe because she said my heart rate was real low. Like it was at 36 at one point. Mm. Like super low. Yeah. Um, I just remember her saying, "Justin, breathe, breathe, breathe." And I'm breathing. I'm like, "Yo, like what's?" And I'm realizing I'm all coming too. And it's like the first thing I do is try to get up because mm-hmm. I'm like, "Yo, what's?" And they're like, "No, lay down, lay down." And I'm in that room for two hours explaining what happened. Um, the surgeon came in, talked about this is a successful surgery. Mm-hmm. We didn't need a graft because if it wasn't successful, he's going to have to do a graft, find some dead guy, remove bicep and ligaments and tenements yeah. and reattach them to mine or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he was able to successfully get it done without doing that. That was the second option. I was in a long surgery. He said it did take a long time. It was supposed to be two and a half, three hours. Yeah. I was in surgery for five hours. Sheesh. Mm. So that tells you how much like drugs they were pumping in me to keep me <laughs> under because right. – People have come out of there. You don't want to come out of that. Come out during surgery, right? Which I was also worried about. <laughs> I was like, "Yo, you wake up, your arm all wow. open, oh, and wide a open." Movie. Uh, <laughs> that is some horror movie stuff. You see all these because you know you can't see their face, but the eyes and this. The mask, mask. Yeah. Yeah. like no, like yo. Heard, there was a movie um, where the guy, and they said it happens before that the guy you can you You're, come to right. during, but you're paralyzed, yeah. so you can't yeah. communicate, but you can feel every. Mm-hmm. I've heard about thing. that. Yeah, that's happened before. That's so wild, I, man. I asked the anesthesiologist about that too in um in my prep in a uh, pre surgery, and she said that's happened before. Um, but you know you're in good hands. I'm gonna take good care of you. I'm gonna make sure that you're totally under. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you will make sure I don't wake up, right? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I'm, she laughed. I was like, no, no, no. You will guarantee I don't wake up because I'm like I'm not trying to wake up. I can't move, and I'm like ah, and inside, you know. Why they just connect and stuff. Right. Trapping right. your own body. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nah. so 
crazy process, been through crazy. I uh, don't take drugs, been on Oxy because uh, the pain was just like really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Only took them when I needed it. Um, Oxy, me and Mark had a conversation prior to all this. Oxy's no joke, man. <laughs> Especially for somebody who don't take drugs, period, or wouldn't yeah. take a Tylenol. Right. Like, it's, I get it. Yeah, that's, um, yeah you graduated a couple levels if you're, yeah, you went, if you're skipping Tylenol. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm now in my recovery stages. Uh, first couple of days where I haven't had any major pain, I had some serious pain on Friday. Mm-hmm. Took two oxys. Told Mark the story. I had to drive home from work. <laughs> on I, two I, oxys. I, I figured, you know, I learned that how they hit my system. It takes about thirty minutes. So I'm mm. like, I can make it home. Nah, they they kicked in like ten minutes later. <laughs> ten twelve minutes. I'm on Suitland Parkway, tripping, man. <laughs> like, I thought I'm going sixty. I'm actually looking at this dash. It's thirty. Cars are swerving around me. I'm like, I felt. I tell Mark, I, I felt like um, it was a moment in a Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, right. Like, it oh, was, that one. Oh. So I'm just hoping that I made it home. My right. car's good. I didn't crash into everything and stuff like that. Right. Um, so it's been an experience. Uh, it did help shape the album and everything. Um, I redid the album five times over. <laughs> uh, I learned a lot. I, you know, in short, uh, I have a different. Um, respect or understanding of like all the lean rappers, the code, like all the. Mm-hmm. Like, it's I, a drug album now. Yeah, like, <laughs> this is a heavy. This is an Eminem project. But I understand more on the uh, aspect of humanity or uh, like um, emotions and behavior and understand like why I, I get it. I, I had moments where I, I was stressed out. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel the hoxy has me tripping, but I do feel happy. Like, just like if I get drunk or I'm drinking, I feel happy and I'm silly. Yeah. I felt really, really like I was in a good euphoric space, but really happy. I was stressed. I told Mark I was stressed a couple of days, stressed out for the past two days. I wanted to take two oxy just because I was like, yo, if I take two, I'm going to be good. Yeah. Right. I feel good, but I didn't. But I get it. So, in short, like, you know, how they mask their pains or mm-hmm. they want to feel that high or feel good all day long and stuff like that. It just had me look at things, and I look at th- their music from a different perspective, man. Right. With a whole new respect and everything, understanding. You and got a, uh, a different uh, perspective on it now, you know? Yeah. So I don't I don't look at it as silly gibberish anymore, but mm-hmm. they, it's it's their art, and they're sharing, right. a piece, they're sharing a piece of them. Right. And yeah. there's a lot of people that can relate to them. Mm-hmm. That actually ties into a few things we want to talk about tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, where should we start? Because we got music and we got, yeah. you know, let's let's start with let's start with ASAP Rocky because that was that's kind of the major thing I wanted to mm-hmm. talk about. So, for those who don't know, Rocky's in jail in Sweden, right? Yeah, yep. and he's been what solitary confinement, Locked no up. visitors, no nothing, um, pretty much for a fight that he he didn't instigate. Right. Two fans that were. Drugged up or whatever they were. And I don't even. Whatever know. it was, just they were harassing Rocky. Yeah. And they were following him and his crew. It's on. It was on IG. It's actually on YouTube. You can see all of it. They were following them because Rocky was like documenting it. Basically, yeah. he's like, he "Yo, was like, these guys are following us. Like, we don't blah, want blah, no. Blah. We don't want no trouble. We don't want to fight these guys. Mm-hmm. We just want to go about our way." But these guys actually initiated contact with his bodyguard. Like threw headphones and all that. Cracked his bodyguard over the head with all that, and still no fight. And so. The video, I guess you see these guys pursue and follow Rocky around for about five minutes or so, but mm-hmm. it's probably longer because you can tell some of it was cut from the video. Right. Um, but then, anyways, then 
Next thing you know, I guess uh, another video had surfaced of somebody from a diner recording when I guess they had enough and Rocky's mm-hmm. fighting these, they're fighting his crew, fighting these two guys. And so ultimately, Rocky's the one that ends up in jail. Of course. Uh, supposedly for two weeks, but it's probably been longer than that at this point, right? Uh, well, I think he's at least locked up until this week before they'll actually have like a hearing. Right. Or and he can like face that. six years. Yeah. Like some ridiculous. If he's found guilty, but Tim, the, the, the tape of, the original tape finally mm-hmm. surfaced of yeah. them showing like he what they were instigate like that's the thing. So when you're famous, you you know people always coming at you for something. Right, right. And you see, in this case, like those fans knew who he were, and they were just trying to get him to bite, get him to bite. So now what? Suit, lawsuit, whatever. I'm gonna get paid. I want something from this guy because, mm-hmm. and now anyways, the guy's in jail. So I bring that up because. Now Rocky, Justin, uh, Hollis was just talking about seeing music differently, you know, mm-hmm. by being medicated from what those guys are going through now, what he's going through. Mm-hmm. So now, a few years back, Rocky was asked about this, you know, what's going on as far as black people's civil rights being violated by the cops and innocent black people being killed and mm-hmm. like the Ferguson thing came, it came up. And he had made some comments as far as saying you know, that wasn't his life. He couldn't, you know, he he didn't really care about what was happening. Wow, I didn't know it. And, um, you know, he's just out here. He lived in Beverly Hills. He's out here doing his fashion shit, and that's all he really cared about. Those were his kind con- like, they had surfaced um, after all this was going on. Because now the dude needs help. Like, now he's asked for help. Like, supposedly his family's asking Al Sharpton to go out there and maybe talk. But now that the shoe was on the other foot, now, like, you understand what, the, you know, the fight was when they asked you back then right. and you didn't want nothing to do with it. Now you're, the shoe's on the other foot. Now you need help. Right. Yeah, man. And so, so that, there's two things that tie into my whole point right there as far as we never really understand what somebody's going through mm-hmm. if we, one, don't live it ourselves, but two, if we don't take the time out to, to just put ourselves. And have empathy. Yeah. And empathize. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, so that was the first point mm-hmm. and then the second point is forgiveness like we as as Americans or well black people first are quick to do it we'll you know we'll divorce ourselves from somebody when they make us look bad on TV like we divorced ourselves from you know R. Kelly because you know Kanye uh, Kanye you know <laughs> we've got uh, well OJ's a bad <laughs> bad bad thing but anyways you know we've we divorce ourselves from these people who James Brown and all these people who may have done something great and it takes one thing to to make you forget everything about everything they've done. Mm-hmm. So do we have people saying, you know, forget Rocky. We don't support Rocky. Rocky's, you know, he's getting what he deserves. You know, is that is that the approach we should be taking? I mean, the man right now is going through so like now if that was you, you're in jail rotting away. Because you didn't care about, but now you want somebody to care. Are we, you know? Yeah, I thought about that when I read uh, the comments he made. Mm-hmm. And when he said, uh, how, he, how he's basically talking about, he used these key words, I can't relate to that. I'm living like this. I'm living like that. I'm over here in Beverly Hills. I can't relate, so why should I care? Like, I, I've, I've read the word, I can't relate. He's in this situation now. Where people, like, you know, he needs the support of people. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he really needs the support of people. And I read another comment I was just looking for on my phone. I, uh, I saw the screenshot of it where there was a girl who replied. She said, hey, I'm from the hood in Cincinnati. I can't relate to your rich people problems. Mm. That was her That was her reply Oof. to um, to ASAP Ferg doing all trying to do the petitions, getting mm-hmm. everybody's stuff. Right. right. Which I'm like, wow, those are his words right. saying, I live in Beverly Hills. I can't relate to all that. Right. Those problems of Ferguson. And I'm like... Yeah. So, so it's kind of like karma, and I thought if I said those things if that came out of my, my mouth, I'd be in prison. Like this is karma. Yeah. I'm eating now. What I, you know, what I, I read. What it's I a saw. hard lesson mm-hmm. to learn. Yeah, yeah. But that's what Meek had to go through, and now look, you know, Meek is all about prison reform. You know, he's he's got a second chance, and he's he's using the second chances to do different things. I think it was different a little bit because you never really talked to. I don't remember him being in any sort of. You know, conversations pre-jail about you know mass incarceration or anything like that. But he went through his struggles and then turned around to you know try to help make sure the people don't go through what he went through. Right. You know, and I think that's commendable. I mean, it's tough, man, uh, to just be like turn the other cheek, like let's go support. You know, Rocky. I didn't know those other comments. I felt bad for him. I didn't really go out and sign any petition or anything like that. Now, let's don't get me wrong. Like, there are some people who are trying to help him get out. Like there are people right. who signed a petition. Like so, he's not just being like left out on the island by himself. So, right. but then there are the like there are those people who don't forget. Yeah, and don't forgive. It's a, probably a bunch of nameless people who aren't rappers going through the same stuff right oh, yeah. now. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. You know. I mean, hell, look at the Central Park Five. Yeah. They, I mean, they were just every average, everyday kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, now that the the story has gotten some light, I mean, but they had already they were nobody. They, they were, served their time. Yeah, this was like how long ago? Even. You know, like they these are yeah. ninety ninety one adults yeah. now. You right. know, so in this situation, like, what for those people who who don't forget? Like, what will it take? To forgive this man's comments, because like, is that the empathy that we lack? That like, you know what? He made those comments. I'm done with you. Like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm divorced. Like, move on. Like, I can't I can't mess with Rocky no more. Like he had been on Breakfast Club after those comments had come out. Like he had, they had brought mm-hmm. him on so he could try to like clarify it and everything. Mm-hmm. And the way that he had explained it came down to, um, like whenever something like happens in the black community, there's got to be like a rally around it now. And so he was, his point being that he, he feels like a lot of the stuff ends up being fake. Like it's kind of just like, Oh, well we gotta, we gotta march to March or we gotta do this, this. And he was saying, he was trying to say that he was frustrated and that was what he was trying to convey with that said, it's like, those are the words that literally came out of his mouth. Yeah. Like, those are literally the words that came out of his mouth. So it's it's tough because, I mean, I don't, as a human being, I com- think it's completely understandable for certain people to be like, all right, well, if that's how he feels, then, you know, that that is what it is. And, yeah. you know, he can just he can just deal with it. Like, you know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there is footage of it, so... You know, I guess once he goes to trial, I would think that he but would. But you would think that they would look at it now and be like, "Oh, and this, not even take this guy in." Like, but that's the thing. Apparent, like it sounds, uh, and and we obviously only have one side of the story. But a lot of the news that's been coming out about it, like they raided 
uh, Rocky's manager's like hotel room or something, uh, which people were saying that that was to make it look like it's act like it's bigger than it actually is, mm-hmm. um, and you know so it it's it just it it seems kind of fishy basically it's like why like what I don't know the law like the the judicial system and everything out in Sweden like I don't know how how they rock out there mm-hmm. as far as like everyday run of the mill at least here stuff to happen yeah. fights you know that kind of stuff like you know for us here if you have, if you just have a, a literal street fight you get thrown generally in the drunk tank for the night mm-hmm. and right. then uh once you're sober enough to leave like they let you walk out with your bumps and bruises and all that stuff right but you know this overseas they well don't. if you get in a fight today now and you're undocumented right that's yeah. a whole other yeah. a whole other thing right so True. maybe True. maybe the you know what i mean the immigration piece of it is is what made it a bigger deal. I don't maybe. know over well, there. Maybe, I don't know. But they say Sweden has no tolerance policy anyway. Like they for violence or for what? anything. Like mm-hmm. you know, speaking loudly in public or you know, disrespect, they'll throw your ass in a in a in a cell quick. And just being overseas, like being overseas and getting into some some shit like that is mm-hmm. the last thing a lot of people never want to do because right. the laws are. You're not a citizen, mm-hmm. so what they care about you? Like you, you know. I can't remember which country it is, but basically, if you get caught littering, you go to. You, they will send you to prison. Yeah. Like, like it's. Mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to. It's uh. It's over. It's one like of, Middle Eastern. It's over in Asia. Okay. Um, because I, I have a boy. Who, my my boy Giannis visited there a couple of years ago. So I and he was telling me about it. He's like, mm-hmm. dude, it's the cleanest city that you'll ever you'll yeah, ever see. Yeah, it's like against the against like the religion that throw trash on Some, the floor yeah, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it's like India or like one of Bangladesh. It's out there. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's, and the reason why another reason why they say they they took him in right away is because they know if they let if they like come back for court, he wasn't coming back. Right. Yeah. There's no need to come back. You know, they're not gonna extradite and bring him back. Mm-hmm. So that's why another reason why they. They threw, they're holding them. Right, yeah, yeah. Mm. So that... But it's like, what are you, like, for real, what's the underlying problem? Mm-hmm. For real, like, what, it, like, out there, is, are the dudes that, uh, you know, were egging them on, are those dudes locked up too? Because it doesn't sound like it. No, they, those guys are walking free. You know? So it's like, what's the, why, why just this one they, dude? Why, why him? Right, right. And why is it, and like why is it such a big deal if you know it's only the people from their crew that are locked up yeah. right now? Maybe it's just like they're looking as we caught the big fish. Yeah. This will um this is like now shedding light on us as a country what we won't tolerate. They didn't lock the bodyguard up. They didn't lock the other two guys up. Yeah, they, they took Rocky in. Yeah. Somebody who was I guess relevant. Main. Relevant. But they worldwide. do have they have two other ASAP dudes. That's all that I know. Only because. ASAP Ferg and all those guys have been tweeting about it and posting it on IG. But yeah, it didn't look like like they had more than three people with them. Yeah. So you know, it kind of sounds eerily similar, but different. You know, of course, a different case to what like Freddie Gibbs experienced in Austria. Mm-hmm. You know, being falsely accused of you know sexual or yeah. rape or whatever. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that right there, that can happen. With, you don't even have to be in the same room with the person. Mm-hmm. Right. All they got to do is like, 
yep, he touched me, or you know, blah blah blah, and then you going like, that's it. Yeah. They, like Chris Brown, remember that happened to Chris Brown in London, mm-hmm. and they held him for as long as they get. I mean, these these artists now, especially these superstar artists, they, mm-hmm. which why I was, I mean, I'm a big ASAP Rocky fan. Like right. that's one of my I love me too. favorite rappers. Somebody that I was like, man, it would be cool to be able to work with this guy one day right, or right. Do, do a record for him. Um, but on his level where he's at, not only in music but fashion or in the world, mm-hmm. um, I was a little put off by his comments he made and what he said because when you make it to that level, like you, you even though you didn't ask for it, you have now have new responsibilities because exactly. you you're. You're shaping the world we live in. Yeah. You have you to know that. what's going on. You, and you have to, I mean... You're shaping the world. At least act like you care about it. I mean, you are a target. Yeah. Right. Whether it's the media or police or PM haters, whatever, you are a target. You have a big bullseye on your back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have a different lifestyle. You have to live differently, and unfortunately, right. because of the world we live in. So, um, I, I was taken aback by his comments because I was just like, you know, on your level where you're at, whether you want or not, you have a platform and you now have a responsibility you inherited. Right. Whether you like it or not. And what is, why are we so slow to forgive? Like, like those comments, granted, like they didn't affect us directly, what he said. You know, we feel a certain way about it, but it didn't directly affect us. But there are some people who are like, throw them, like throw them away. Like why why are we so quick to throw people away when we feel like they they've wronged us or they they have their own opinion of a situation? I think it's from like our our personal standards. Like people with, I know like I'm a, I'm big on character. I'm a man of character, and um, when you hear those type of things, like I mentioned, like his level of responsibility now that he inherited. Um, and there's somebody you really rock with because you're, you're in awe of, you know, their, who they are as a person, their greatness, what they've done, their talent, their God given talents and where they came from here or irrelevance and nowhere to now a power commanding voice in the world. You look at that person and you look at man, like, this is a great dude. Mm -hmm. This is like, you know, not talking about like maybe his, you know, being humanitarian or how many puppies you saved or kittens you saved from jumping out of trees, whatever. Like right. we're talking about like, yo, you are a human being that we can relate to because you're a human being, you're a man. You rose from nothing to this great powerful platform off your God given gifts, abilities and talents. So I think fans, some fans look passionately into that and respect it and admire that. And based on your standards and principles, if something throws you off, you're really you're you're really hurt from it or, or really upset taking a certain way and you know, now you're either rock one or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like you, I don't really know ASAP Rocky personally. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's, it's just somebody, celebrities in general, for me personally, you know, don't take up that much space in my everyday life. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's kind of easy for me to just kind of disconnect and move on. You know what I mean? I'm older though. Like, you know, someone who's younger who, you know, they, that's their, you know, you know, their biggest, they're, they're the biggest fans of somebody like ASAP Rocky. Maybe, you know, it's a different story. I mean, I think if I've been personally wronged, um, you know, 
it's not easy to, uh, you know, kind of cut somebody out of your life. But mm -hmm. at the same time, for your own, like, mental health, sometimes that's the best thing to do. You know what I mean? If somebody's, if somebody's not treating you right, you know what I mean? You got to give you, keep your distance and, yeah. you know, cut them off. I think, you know, I think that's a rational, you know, response. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think at, at some point it's worth, you know, trying to revisit and maybe trying to work things out if that person means that much to you. Right. You know, right. but you got to kind of make that determination, right. you know, case by case. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Just, just, just wondering, because as, as when you're younger, you know, you may feel, you know, like, okay, you're, when you're younger, things things are different. Like your mentality is different. Yeah. Older, like I don't have time to hold grudges. Exactly. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. just like I don't. Whatever. Like, if that's if that's how you feel, that's what you want to do. Mm -hmm. That's on you. Like, but me, I got I got to keep moving. I got other things to do. Right. And I just don't. I think that's what it's more of. You know what I mean? You just get dealt, especially with celebrities. There's so much entertainment and music and you just you know you it's a deluge of content coming right. at you all the time Fighting but it's hard exactly mm -hmm. that it's you know it's really easy to just move on and just pay attention to the next hot thing yeah yeah mm -hmm. okay um did you guys see the the disney fight no. Yeah, I heard about it. I, I think I might have seen the clip too on see the Disney social fight? media. I heard about it. I, I was absolute. <laughs> I was just like, why is there a fight in this magical place? So I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. These don't be black people. <laughs> no. no. So Disneyland. I, I, so it was California. I haven't uh, seen it yet because it's, yeah. uh, it's trash, dog. It's oh. it's a a whole it's a whole entire family fighting. A brother and a sister start oh. off. Like the sister, like you, the video picks up with a brother and sister arguing. The sister spits in the brother's face. Oh, he goes wait. off and loses it. I mean, because that's the ultimate. That's disrespect. the ultimate disrespect to spit. So he goes off, loses it. Then her boyfriend and husband gets involved, and so he, the brother's trying to get after the boyfriend and the husband. And then the brother's girlfriend kind of comes over to try to help him out. The sister's boyfriend punches the brother's girlfriend. <laughs> And oh it's, it's a gosh. huge man. And in between this, oh, so mind you, when they first started arguing, there was kids in the stroller in between them. Somebody, one wow, of their kids. Yeah. So when the wow. girl, the sister, takes the kids and just pushes the stroller out of the way and says, Somebody watch my kids. Wow. Oh, somebody. Wow. <laughs> oh, my. Somebody God. watch then, my kids. Well, and there's this big, all four of them, like in a circle, getting, like, trying to fight. The mother comes like SWAT team in her wheelchair and, like, pulls right up in the middle wow. of them in her little motorized <laughs> cart. And oh, like no. she's trying to break up the fight, and then there's another sister that comes over, and she's trying to bring play peacemaker, or whatever. The mom's getting out the wheelchair, trying to separate everybody. But during this melee, the husband, the brother, and the boyfriend are, are fighting somewhere. <laughs> then the girlfriend is holding up the mother, and then the sister is attacking the girlfriend. Oh, and somewhere no. along the way, the mother just got let go, and the mother just like oh, tumbles over oh. and just lays in the middle of the park. Oh, and now are, are there? Other children and families walking around yes, while this happening? It's dead stop. Oh, Mind my you, there's no, they've been fighting for like two minutes, three minutes. There's no security around. Why? Because nobody thinks that this shit is going to happen at Disneyland. <laughs> so the, the security they have around this guy is like 60. Oh, my god. And gosh. then like there's a woman <laughs> who's like got older than the lady that hit the deck. Exactly. There's no. a woman who's got a, um, a walkie-talkie <laughs> that she looks... 
flashlight cop. We weren't prepared for this. Exactly. It's bad. And this was happening in kids' land, the kids' part of the park. Oh, my God. Paul Blart's all messed up. (laughs) So at this point, like, they're still fighting. They're going, and the brother's smacking a sister again or whatever and pulling her by her hair, which makes me like, what dude pulls a woman by her hair? First of all, what dude punches a woman? But he's pulling her by her hair like a little suspect. But anyway, he's yelling, he's in neighborhood blood. He's ready to go to jail. Golly. And he's wearing red. I'm a neighbor of blood. I'm ready to go to jail. I'm ready for this. Whatever. So we're finding your sister. That's the exactly. worst. The worst. And there's people around, obviously, just jail. sitting there watching. No, no guys have jumped it's in. Not yet. gangster, bro. So then the brother, um, the, the younger sister that wasn't involved, tells the brother that the, his girlfriend is the one that punched the mother, and knocked her out, knocked her over. And so he's like, "What? You punched my mother?" Then the boyfriend attacks the brother, attacks oh his own girlfriend. Gosh. Then at that this point, is... that's when like four or five guys jump in and finally take him down. And it's just it's a mess. So all this is recorded, right? Cops finally show up somewhere along the way. And the news, when the news is given an update, it's, like, it's the biggest fight that never happened. None of them, they all said this fight didn't happen. Wow. <laughs> they all stuck to the stories like, no, what fight? <laughs> what fight? Yeah. Yep. That's no wild. snitching. Yeah, it's yeah. Even though it's caught on like eight cameras. Eight yeah. cameras is right. a mess. Whatever. Uh, but that, that was an excellent play-by-play. Now, I'm just saying that's what happened. Like if you go to watch the video, you'll see everything I said. Just listen to this and watch the hot-ass mess. Um, Dream. We didn't talk about Dreamville last time. Like, the documentary yeah. came on last right, time. Right, right, right. You right. listen to Dreamville? What too many songs for you? Uh, I listened to. I skimmed through it. And oh, I got a couple man. of the, uh, a couple, of, uh, got a couple of the singles, you know. Okay. What, uh, Nothing like it's tough for me, man. Like, there's not the stuff on that project just didn't resonate with me like that. Where I'm just like, oh, hmm. I love this. No, oh, just not. Okay. I know it's not that it's bad. It's just not like it's I not my you. shit. Mm-hmm. I got you. I'm still on uh, Freddie Gibbs I got, bandana. I understand that. I understand. Right. <laughs> I heard it. And... I, I was at first I was excited like I it was a lot of from my perspective and being on IG being in bed and recovering uh Lambo truck and uh down <laughs> bad or whatever so I thought and you hear the word like you know naming is everything Ma- building my album I'm looking at titles and be like oh did this title capture my eye whatever so when I call saw Lambo truck I'm like oh this is gonna be crazy and when I first heard the record outside of my expectations, it was so underwhelming. Like, just first, like, off the first, when you hear the first 10 seconds. And I was like, I wasn't listening as a art, as a fan or producer. I was just listening based off the hype and, and what I saw around Lambo Truck. And then I did a second go around, and I can't stop playing it. Like that, that Lambo truck it's so is misleading because you think it's it's just it's about flashing. It's really just about robbing Cole because he he done came and up when, and left his people in, in behind. I, I listened first as an artist and a producer, and the intric- even the track, the production, certain things that I was just like, that's crazy. Yeah. Certain subtle yeah. things, a little. The little loop that's off beat but on beat the little yeah. like some voice of a man. Yeah. Tell me when that that synth dropped on down bad, you didn't go like, yo, what is this? Now down bad. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. That was like off like on a documentary. That's like reminds you of some um NWA. Like it's yeah. It was crazy. That I can't I think it was ruined by J. I. D. Jid. The only reason I think it was ruined yep. because Jid killed it. I was about, so okay, after I was about to that, say. after that 
everybody else, like they was they was spitting and they rapping. versus Brown. But I always go yeah, back. He, I played that I played Jid's part. I played his part three times before I repeat it before I go on to the rest of the verses because he just was in the pocket and killed it. Right. Jid got busy on this whole album. Like this was yeah. just his coming out. Like a lot of people yeah. said that Jid was gonna be after, from this. He was the next one up. Um, I thought. Boss had some. Boss wasn't spotlighted as he should have been, but Boss is already there. Like you know, he's already. We already know that's the number two. I'm assuming under Cole because mm-hmm. he got hit. Um, what was that? Um, uh, Tribes. Um, that was a single. Yeah. That went number. That went platinum. Milky Way. That album. Yeah, Milky yeah, that went platinum. So, Boss is there. Jid is the next one up. Uh, although I think Kaz, um, Kaz surprised me. And on Lambo truck, I was like, Yo, the dude actually. They. They all killed it. I, I love the project. Mm-hmm. It, at first, it wasn't what I was expecting, but after my second go listening to it, I I, I loved the. I just I, I stopped critiquing and I just listened just to listen. it, which mm-hmm. I think everybody I, I would hope everybody try to have at one point in life when they listen to something, not critique it, right. just listen. And the second go round, when I just listened, I was like, oh, this album is fire. This one. is crazy. It went number one. Yeah, I mean I, Cole when he he. I think it was a tweet, but he was basically saying there are a lot of people on this album that maybe a lot of people have never heard of. So just like appreciate hearing something for the first time, maybe. And hopefully, yeah. you know, just this exposure will will work for, you know, some of the people involved. And I mean, I think I think G.I.D., I think Jid got got put on. Jid got, got um, busy. And I mean, the, and. The thing was, when you heard about the project and like over a hundred people total working in, on mm-hmm. it in, in one way or another, whether they ended up on the album or not, but they still sprinkled in like some heavy hitters. Like T.I. has a verse on there, you know, like Vince has a Vince. verse on there. Mm-hmm. Like, so uh, they snuck in a Kendrick Hook on there. Yeah, blindly. Like, nobody you know, knew that was, he's, he's, like, he's in the writing credits, but he didn't do enough to get named in the song so but he's on the hook so um so like but it was cool like i I, the my brother this is what my brother said and i agreed with him um but he was like yo listening to down bad listening to revenge of the dreamers just makes me want to go freestyle with the homies (laughs) like (laughs) it does and then when you hear 1993 Mm -hmm. it's just nothing it's nothing but a cypher about and the dude is just about talking about smoking weed the whole right. time and just he's interrupting these cipher verses. <laughs> Though, um, that's actually hilarious. Yo, know, to me, I think Cole booking he booking the project like he mm-hmm. had the first verse, um, and that I mean that 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 sample in that first joint was is, is vicious. He booking with that on um I can't even think of the name of the first song right now. Uh, um, the uh, my phone. under the sun under the sun, dope. But then. Sacrifices at the end. I, look, I've been tweet, I've been texting, <laughs> tweeting, posting about how Cole's verse on sacrifices is the grownest, manest shit I've ever heard on any song, and just straight up like reality. Like, I mean, he announced he had he announced the birth son. of his is, is the birth of his second kid, and no one even seen the first kid yet. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's dope. That was just, crazy. Yeah, but I also like touching upon what Mark said. What Superfly said, it wasn't really resonating with him. Um, I was then trying to figure out when they said there's no one album in the country. I was like, I was like, wow, like kudos and big ups and that's amazing. And I was like, I think this album's fire. But then I was like, the number one album in the country. 
that's a huge thing to say. And then I was like, well, what other albums were out to compare or what other things mm -hmm. that I started going through? And I was trying to figure out how does it make not in a way like this shouldn't have because this album is amazing. Every artist on there, the creative energy is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. But I was like, how did this make this? And people I spoke to, they're like, I'm not really rocking with this. And I was like, well, did you give it a second or third listen? But then I had respect, like, it's not really speaking to them or resonating with them with their energy right now or their zone or what really moves them. Right. Um, so then it made me even think, like, which I started doing research, like, all right, this is the number one album in the country. What else came out? Gucci, Gucci dropped. Um, a lot of artists and all that they did creatively, what they put into this, um, in my non-expertise and just my opinion, mm -hmm. I think that Cole really showcased the power of how he grew and he evolved in his music to where he's not done yet. He's going to be a huge power player and that what this album and what he's seeking out to do it's just really flexing his strength on his visionary skills and what he can accomplish in his music industry. Right. Um, all just coming off the strength of like, why is this number one? And just trying to break down this and that, how it moved me, how it didn't resonate with these people, this and that, and despite all the people it didn't resonate with and the people it did, and all the tons of albums and music that's been dropping, it's number one. Right. Yeah. Um, they also have like the way that things are uh, calculated nowadays with like singles and streams yeah. and all that kind of, when you put an, a project out that has like 20 tracks on it, mm -hmm. even though Superfly is going to hate it for <laughs> the way that like everything's done nowadays, streams yeah. and all that. I mean, look at the stuff Chris Brown's yeah. doing. Like right, he's putting exactly. out these triple well, albums and stuff no. just to get the streams. And that's also one of Ray the... Ray Shrimmer is another... Right, yeah. yeah. And, they, and they talk about this, like that's the reason why Drake doesn't have a classic album because he's... He's, he's catering to what makes you successful now, right. which is putting singles out. And if you're just putting out, like, you can't just have 18 singles and call that an album. You know right. what I mean? Like, yes, you can. Right. You can. That's more life. But, right. 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 <laughs> and then you have people asking the question, right. well, does he have a classic album or something like that? And it well, just, and but that it is what it is. makes you appreciate whole lot more that Wyoming series that Kanye did. <laughs> Seven tracks for four different artists or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you, I mean, Daytona was freaking fire yeah. with seven tracks. But why did he do all that MAGA shit? Why couldn't he just, <laughs> just put, out the, put out the music and shut the fuck but up? Wait, right? What is, and, and this is just, just out of curiosity. What is the thing with tracks and making it attractive or not as far as track length and, you know how many tracks on an album yeah what a lot if, of tracks are shorter now like yeah because like you can have 20 Two tracks and five eight, seconds you can have 20 tracks and it could equal somebody's 11 track album yeah mm -hmm. that's true or there's seven track like even i was struggling even with mine and this isn't anything i plug or just getting ideas but i've realized that i have a couple of one minute and two minutes and i'm like this album actually listen through isn't even long because the first five are like two minutes long right so I'm, I'm still, I'm like, even with the last two I added being at 19 records, I was like, wow, that's a lot. And then I was like, even listening through, this was shorter than, this was shorter than listening to uh, Wyoming, mm -hmm. way shorter. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I, I'm just curious about that. And because that's a big debate. People talk about that a lot. Like they always refer back to when Kanye was having artists dropping seven records. And mm -hmm. now I guess redefining what makes a classic and what you're able to do right. within a short amount of records. Right. We're able Nowadays, we are able to change the game regardless. Mm -hmm. like we have the power to change everything. Um, that's what Crick was talking about. That's why he went independent. If 
by the way, Crit's album is fire. Yeah, it is fire. I haven't listened to it. There's a lot of tracks, though. There's a lot of tracks. You might have to ask CB Tay which tracks to listen to. <laughs> so, but the, the album is dope. And uh, again, back to J. Cole. Mm-hmm. Cole spits another hot verse. Oh, yeah. on, on, I would have liked to have heard more songs yeah, with Ari Lennox. Prove it. Honestly, Ar- on yeah. that album. Because yeah. oh, her album is dollar. crazy. Yeah. And... I mean, I I don't know. I think they should have used her a little bit more. Whenever but I hear her say voice that, on a track, I get excited. Who's like, to say that, that there's part of that right. more with her? I mean, they they recorded probably over a hundred songs. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, and then, mm-hmm. I mean, who? And I don't know if there's gonna be a part four part out of that whole session. I mean, they should just drop like a few mixtapes with some of the this content. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, I also don't know who owns any of this right. stuff. So, right. like, I don't I was, know how that works. When it comes down to actually releasing any of this other right. music, because yeah. they made it, you know, it's basically you just got all these rooms where people are collaborating. You're just popping in and out, like, mm-hmm. yo, there were, there's probably so many songs that did not make oh, the cut. Course. Yeah, that maybe with, the other artists took it back with them. Right, you know? right, right. Just I mean, like, just like Nas with these new Lost tapes too. I'm um, not feeling that Al Jarreau, by the way. <laughs> I, I'm not feeling that, you know, that Nas first. So, what, what do you think about the Al Jarreau? I mean, I just saw it on Instagram. It's nothing that made me go, it oh, is. I need to go download this. Was, it was just like, all right. Like the, when, when uh, Keith posted it, I was like, it all depends when they were lost. When these songs were lost. Mm-hmm. If we're lo- talking about early 90s lost, like we found in some, some gems from 90s, mm-hmm. okay, fine. But if they were post- Godson lost kind of thing, then is it can be iffy. It can be iffy. I was I was when I first heard it, I was like, What are you doing, Nas? Then I always do my second look and I start looking at it from different lenses and and I was like, This is one, there's no record sounding like people aren't producing. I actually picture them with the NSO behind them performing at in the Kennedy Center mm-hmm. and imagine an orchestra playing replaying all that and he's mm-hmm. now it will be so huge and you're just watching you'll probably be more like wow this is in a performance right it's amazing so people are really really hate they, they do not like that because <laughs> it doesn't sound I mean and that's the thing I'm gonna give it another listen I said I would but it just doesn't Give you like the energy you're looking for, yeah, or just like for it to be lost. Like, is it lost because you just like nah, it just doesn't make the album because it didn't fit anywhere, right. or is it lost because it's just like it's too deep for me to put on? It was on this one hard drive, and then I moved out of that apartment and I left the hard drive <laughs> exactly. in because first lost tapes, like you can tell like right. where he was at is like yo, Book of Rhymes. That was that on the first lost no nah, the first lost uh, tape that was um Godson, but lost tapes had um Project oh, Windows maybe yeah it had that it, it was a lot of unreleased stuff on yeah. there yeah. yeah that was like from the first three or four albums yeah. you know well the marketing is gonna I guess make or break whether people download and buy it um the artwork I'm, is amazing um I'm just mm-hmm. just just like I I think one of the, part of the biggest success that uh, uh, what's the name the Revenge of the Dreamers had was the marketing was so heavy and so creative that I think it even drove people who aren't fans or whoever knew they had one to listen to it. Yeah, he kind of did something similar with 2014, like Forest Hill Drive, when he had the documentary to go alongside, and that actually made for, your eyes only for a me made too. the album 
made me want to go and appreciate the album yeah. more was watching that documentary. Yeah. I don't know. He had trucks in New York with big billboards, like LED billboards, pumping down bad, driving down the streets. I saw his stuff on Instagram yeah. and from the Dreamville um, IG page, postings, and I'm like, now you have the album's not out yet. Yeah. You have a single being played, blared out loud with, you know, like they're not, of course, the curse words are edited out. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's driving and the, the bus I saw stopped at a stoplight. So people, and I, you know, it's, mm-hmm. that's, you're going to see this big bus with LED down bad, the yellow, the words, this and that, and they're playing the song. And you're like, Green Bell Presents. And you're like, we got this. So his marketing about how, not only that, the IG, the little clips, YouTube, like his marketing was so in your face, in your face, but in a creative way, visually. And the anticipation was so big behind right. it because you knew the story of we got 10 days, we sent out like 100 plus invites, and we just locked down the studio 24 hours, seven days a week. It was like, show up. For this, yeah, show, show up, up if you want to show up. So and, this, this was about an experience and things that you remind you of, like stories you heard with Rick Rubin in the studio and Dre and, and like it's he created an experience that we all wanted to see. I want to see this. I want to see what's going on all through marketing, mm-hmm. which uh, still even goes, has me tied back. How did this become the number one album? Was it marketing? Was it a pure music alone? Was it because these are all power players? A lot of people didn't know these people. Um, I never really followed Omen mm-hmm. until the album and they successfully knocked it out because it made a fan of, I'm a fan of Omen now and everybody I heard on it. It was like the most of Earth Gang that I've listened to. Yo, Swivel? And- <laughs> I was completely shocked by it when I heard Swivel. I was like, because I hadn't really gotten the Earth Gang like mm-hmm. that. I, they were yeah. cool to me. They were like, yo, this is his Andre 3000 and Big Boy. Earth Gang is crazy. And I'm then I took a, when Swivel came on, I was like, yo, I, I much respect for them for the, for Swivel. So, Mark. I might have to re listen. <laughs> so, did you hear, did you hear um, Wells Fargo? <laughs> I mean, I probably just skimmed it. Like, I I literally just on iTunes got the little fifteen seconds. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, you know, I'm a DJ, that, bro. Yeah. I'm like, I'm right. I get so much music that I. Yeah. Andy's can't. got three kids. When's he gonna find time to listen to all these tracks? No. Yeah. <laughs> did, did Did y'all like Wells Fargo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like that was one of the the songs where it sounded like they had a, a lot of fun, fun. Yeah. with the process, and. I know for me, because I'm a Vince Staples fan, so when I heard that he was like invited, I was like, okay, well, let's see if he makes the cut. And they had interviewed him and asked him a question. They're like, oh, we know that you were um, invited for that Revenge of the Dreamers thing. Like, what was that like? And he was just saying, he was like, dude, it was the coolest experience. Mm-hmm. Just like everyone's just so open and collaborative and all this stuff. And that's all you heard from anyone that talked about it. Yep. So it just became for... because. You know, I'm a J. Cole fan, but I'm not nearly as close of a Cole fan as Kaleo is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and, like, I like a lot of the Dreamville artists, but they've never been, like, my main roster that I rocked with, mm-hmm. even though I like a lot of them. But I was more excited for this than, you know, m- a lot of the other projects that for of any kind that have come out so far this year. Yeah. Just because of, like, we were talking about some of the hype that had been built up because of the artists that you knew got to work on, some of the producers that you knew were involved, all that kind of stuff. So, um, And you don't really get a lot of stuff like this that's pushed mainstream. Maybe we're getting more of that now, but like when we were growing up, to get, you know, basically what equates to just a massive mixtape, you know, like 
you weren't gonna find people talking about that like just everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like you you wouldn't be going it's into re- Times Square and having that. Blast. It's reminiscent of kind of like Chronic two thousand one or the original Chronic or I'm trying to think of some of those other like kind of posse albums right. or whatever. And I mean. Dungeon fan, what's that? There, there's definitely a uh, like a space for that too. Mm-hmm. Like I think that they're like, no, I wouldn't want to hear my homies. Just, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. like I wouldn't just only want to listen to, you know, when uh when the ASAP Mob puts out their their stuff like mm-hmm. cozy tapes. Like I wouldn't just only want cozy tapes. Like I'm glad that a lot of the guys put out their own content too. Yeah, but it's cool to be able to go back to that or to get that every once in a while because. Yeah, it, it's also people all. What, what do they ask Cole for? Oh, I wish you had more features. I wish that you had was, features. I wish you had features. All he's been doing is jumping on other people's traps and, and putting out features. Revenge of the Dreamers, which is basically his album. You could argue it's like a it's a Cole album. I was shocked with to put features. Little Child on there too. I mean, I didn't I didn't know that it came from the sessions, but apparently it came from the sessions. Yeah. So, like that's like that's dope. I like, want Cole to to work with another producer and just. Well, that's all he's been. You know what I mean? Lean yeah. on uh, either. I mean, it could be Knife Wonder. It can be, you know, Cole and Knife Wonder like, would be fire. Because you know. the Cole on that the song with um, uh, Rhapsody, mm-hmm. is produced by Knife Wonder. That that was that was dangerous. Mad Lib. I mean, hearing like Mad Lib and and Freddie. Like, yeah. I'd love to hear more Mad Lib with some of these other kinds of artists. Yeah. Cole's got a... He's working on an album too, though, right? Oh, yeah. I mean... Mm-hmm. Probably always working on that yeah. album. Yeah, that's probably true. Wow. Alright. I don't even know we do have it for this. Maybe we do have it. I mean... Let me, let, me, let me just go back to it. Alright. CB. Yeah. Uh, start off with two. Uh, I, got, I got some ASICs, some Gel Light 3s. Yeah. This is part of their, uh, a couple years ago, they did the 25th anniversary of the Gel Light 3 model. And so they, they did collabs with all these different sneaker shops. So this is the collab they did with Tocolo called the Paper Cuts. I was uh, able to cop these on eBay. Worn for a super steal. I was like, I will totally pay that amount of money for a... New kind of worn pair. Of so I was like, I'll do that. Not above that. Not always dead stuff. Um, at this point, I'd rather have them with Superfly eyes on because <laughs> of the damn toe thing I got going on. Right. But, you know, <laughs> old man shit, man. Hollis. Yeah, I got. I'm a big Air Force One fan, so I have the AF ones, Jordan Legacies on, Pat Leather, black with the gold. These, these weren't the joints you were driving around looking for the other day, were they? Nah, nah. The ones I was looking for the other day was the gray ones. The gray ones. <laughs> so I found the gray ones. Those two. I mean, sometimes it's about the hunt. Or yesterday for them joints. You say what? Maybe even today. There's a there sale. Was a crazy There's sale a sale going on. yesterday and today. Finish line had the ill yeah. joint, like 50% off yesterday. And oh. I copped a, I got a pair, um, uh, Flyknit, um, what's the, like, equivalent of boots? Uh, the React? React, yeah, yeah. the Flyknit React 2s okay. yeah. for, like, 
35 bucks. When uh, it's like a 100, 150 retail. Yeah, yeah. dude. That, and that's the thing. For the soul, it's about sometimes like for the sale. Like, yeah, exactly. For the People for are the like, right. CB, how are you always getting all these shoes? It's like because not all of them are hyped up, and I'm not paying a premium. Exactly. I get way more pairs for the discount, so I feel like I'm getting three for the price of one or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I get just as much of an excitement from whether it's a box that I paid 35 bucks for or whether it's a box that I know I paid 200 for. It's like, I'm still getting shoes delivered, and I'm still going to be excited about it. <laughs> yeah, well, this segment, you know, for the soul... It's gonna make me broke because every time I see it, I'm like, man, I gotta get some. Yeah. Like, That's what we were talking about the other day. And yeah. I, I bought four pairs of shoes in five days. Yeah. That's, our like, That's our guy. That's our guy. Living the dream. <laughs> you don't. You don't need two arms to be able to buy all the shoes. No. You just need one to hit submit. Yep. Buy. One thing. Uh, one touch order. Wow. Episode 40 in the books. Episode 40 in the book. I don't even think we announced that at the very beginning. Uh, you you mentioned it. I think, okay. you, yeah. In passing. Episode in 40. Passing. Wow. Yeah. Getting it. Yeah. Alright, because we're talking about we weren't growing up. Yeah. Still acting the same way. Okay. Yeah. Alright, y'all. We got something else. Yeah, we are. Oh, uh, real quick. Real, 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 real. Plug it. Uh, Hollis, plug your, your IG. Oh, yeah. 777. Yours truly. 77. So it's going to be three sevens followed by Y-O-U-R-S-T-R-U-L-Y-777. That's We Are Something Else. W-E-R-S-U-M-T-H-I-N-E-L-S-E. Uh, W-R-S-E podcast on um, SoundCloud, YouTube, Google Play. Yeah, all the podcasts. All that stuff. Yeah. Superfly? Superfly underscore TNT everywhere. There you go. Boom. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace.
I know that you with it, so don't start fighting. I don't want to be your man. I want to move. So, 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 so.